Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. One of the best parts of using a literature-based curriculum is the opportunity to combine kids into the same program, even if they're not the same age. And we'll tell you how it works and help you figure out if it's something that you should do in your home, or maybe if you shouldn't combine for one reason or another. I am Sunny, I'm Sunlight's community manager, and I am a Sunlight mom of two children who have been educated with Sunlight since preschool. Joining me today are Amber and Anne. Let's start with some introductions. Amber, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. My name is Amber. I have five children. Um, Three have graduated from my homeschool. I still have two that I'm currently using, and I have combined and not combined throughout my journey as a homeschool mom now for uh, about 20 years. So I'm looking forward to talking about this with you. Well, thank you so much. Anne, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Anne. I've got two children and I have been using sunlight with them for uh, about 15 years now. My son is going to go to college this fall. My daughter will be a high school junior. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about how combining with sunlight works for somebody brand new to a literature-based curriculum or new to sunlight. They may not understand even what we're talking about. So let's kind of explain what that looks like. Yeah, sure. Because um, in a typical, you know, traditional school, if you have a third grader, they do such and such for third grade. If you have a fifth grader, they do such and such for fifth grade. But a literature-based curriculum uh, is much more flexible than that. So if you break it down to the types of subjects that you're doing in your school, some of them are skill-based, like math, where they're working at their own level, uh, and language arts types of things, uh, you know, writing, uh, and when they're learning to read, those things are skill-based, and your children are highly likely to be at different levels of that. But the other component of school are subjects like science and history and literature, which in the sunlight curriculum, you are reading books to your children to, uh, to learn uh, in those topics. And so you can combine kids with those subjects. I like to compare it to going to a library. When you go to the library, you don't look for the fifth grade section or the third grade section. I mean, you pick out a book and both of the kids would like to read it with you. And so that's how history, uh, Bible, literature, and science uh, work through sunlight. So sunlight says that if your children are within about three years uh, age range, then you can combine them in those subjects and do those together. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you covered most of it. Um, okay. yeah, so how would you choose a level to combine then? Like say you have two children that are maybe two years apart and you are trying to choose which level. Do you kind of base it more on that older child, the younger child or somewhere in the middle? Mm. And then how do you adjust your expectations based on each child's age or skill level? I would say that um, in Sunlight's read-alouds and even in their history, they're appropriate for a wide range of ages. So I remember even 
even though these, I have children who are five, my last two are five and a half years apart age-wise. And when I was reading aloud to my son, my daughter, who's five and a half years younger, still would listen with rapt attention to everything I was reading. So in that sense, there's, you know, the sky's the limit a little bit. Um, I would tend to gear if the younger one is still in the very lower elementary years, I would tend to gear what I was doing to the upper because the lower one will pick up and it's not as crucial at that point. Whatever they're getting is fabulous and wonderful. Um, for my own self, when I chose to combine, I liked to meet in the middle. So um, Sunny, I don't know if we're gonna talk about that more later, but I would say as a kind of a guide, you don't remember what you learned in history in first and second grade, okay? There's not this there's not this body of knowledge that we say, oh, if you don't know this by the end of first grade, you're gonna be a loser for the rest of your life. You don't you don't have to do that, okay? So whatever that first and second, some traditional schools don't even do history with kids for an entire semester. Sometimes they do one semester of history, one semester of science. So your kids are gonna be exposed to so much history. Um, so I would tend to gear the history specifically and read alouds to the, the upper level if I were just starting in. I, I met in the middle and we'll talk about that, I think in a little bit. Yeah, perfect. What about you, Ann? When you commend your kids, did you do upper, middle, lower? Right, so yeah, yeah, I have two and they are three years apart in age, but only two grades apart in school based on when their birthdays fall. Um, so I did a couple of years of preschool type stuff with my son and he was ready for kindergarten. And so we went with kindergarten, but then my daughter's only three. And so that's a really big, you know, gap there, especially when, you know, they're that young being three years apart. And I didn't want, um, you know, my son was just ready to do the next level each year. So we just kept on going. And then my daughter came along and did, you know, I just kept all the books. That's one of the great things about the literature-based curriculum. We've got all the stuff so for the most part. We'll talk about the few things you got to add on a little bit later. Uh, so I did keep them separate uh, for most things, except science, because all the hands-on science, you know, my daughter was just joining in with all that. And so we did science together until about second or third grade when it really was getting to be a little too much for her. And I thought she could really benefit from going back and doing repeating those things now that she's a little older. And so we did end up uh, separating at some point, but we did um, uh, combine that one subject at that one time. Uh, talking about the skill-based subjects, where to start with those. Uh, Sunlight does have placement tests for those so that you can uh, pinpoint exactly where your child should be starting with that. I wanted to throw that in there before I forgot to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's, that is a good point if you're not quite sure where to place somebody, especially like reading, things like that, language arts. Uh, we do typically recommend that if those levels are different, you go with the language arts level um, because you can always give kids more books, but if they cannot write or don't understand the grammar at a higher level that you you don't want to push them too fast there, but yeah, math, you can split those apart based on their level using assessments as well. Let's talk about some of the reasons why you should combine or maybe why it would make your life a lot easier if you combine certain things. And yeah, then I share your experiences with, yeah, what you did. Yeah. I didn't combine that much, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but the reasons, you know, to combine financially, 
it's a smart choice because if you're able to do history, Bible, literature, science, you know, together, that's just one less program that you have to buy that year. So financially, it does make a lot of sense. Um, and also, uh, you have to think about your own situation with your time restraints. If you are working part time or working full time at home and homeschooling, and you um, need uh, and time is of the essence, uh, combining will save you time because you're doing certain subjects together. Yeah, I, um, I did not work outside the home while I was homeschooling those early years, especially I didn't have other, other things drawing me away. So we, so school doing homeschool was kind of the, the full-time job. My oldest daughter, um, I think as a three-year-old or a four-year-old, I could have read the encyclopedia to her and she would have sat and listened and asked questions, at least pretended interest. <laughs> she was, she was just like that. And she learned to read pretty early and, and very typical firstborn. My second daughter came along only 21 months younger, but she was much different. She was very active. She um, didn't want to sit still nearly as long. She wasn't as um, cerebral at that young age, like um, my oldest would ask, you know, like these questions. And my second was just like, no, just like black and white. Give me the, give me the basics, you know, whatever. So as my oldest got older, she, she had so many interests and would sit and listen. My younger one, I didn't want to combine them. It was a disservice to both of them. So when my son came along, <laughs> he also would sit to hear the encyclopedia. So that was a natural combination. So my second daughter and my younger son, I could combine them in the middle and it was perfect because he was okay going up a level and she was happy as a clam going down a level. She didn't care. And we didn't talk about it that way because she was still doing her grade level of math, her, her age level of math and language arts and all of that. It was just that she got to do history with her brother. She got to do the read alouds with her brother. That was fun. That was great. And their reading skill was different. So her readers were different than his readers. Um, and so again, it wasn't, she never felt like, oh, brother, I'm down with him. Never. It never felt like that. She was actually happy to have a buddy. And the older sister was happy that she wasn't being like constrained. Um, so I think that worked. I'm not, not, I think, I know <laughs> that worked super, super well. And again, as time moves on, things change. So we met in the middle. She was in third grade. He was in first grade, I think when I started that. So we met at second grade. By the time we got to seventh grade, let me think. I think it was when she was in eighth grade, she went into um, US history. That was the time period that uh, back when I was, anyway, the point is, we hit, a, we hit a spot where she did a year and he stretched it into two years. I could do that with him. We took two years to go through something that she only took one year to go through. And then it evened out because then she was in high school, she was doing her own thing and he was coming up behind and then he started into the high school year. So, and now Sunlight has even more packages than they did then. So there are more things that you can plug in if you need to. So combined for a while, the other thing I did was I did science, everybody together. We always did science together. So even if I had kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade, sixth grade, we did science together. 
we just made, I just made it work. And whatever the kindergartner picked up, they picked up. Same with the second grader. And then once we hit seventh grade, that one went off to their own science. Each one went off to their own science when they hit seventh grade, but we kept science together. That helped me a lot. Yeah, and I will say the new science I'm doing as sunlight has come out with new science my youngest is young enough that he's doing those new science programs. And my daughter who's in middle school loves to watch his experiments as well. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned science. I mean, experiments and things like that can be fun, even if it seems kind of basic for your older ones, they will still get into it oftentimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about why you shouldn't combine. Amber, you alluded to it a little bit with your older daughter was at a different maturity and ability yes. to sit in those types of things than her sister. Um, but what are some other reasons you might not want to combine kids, even if they are close in age? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough question, son. <laughs> and, right. So your kids were pretty close in age, but you didn't combine. Right, right. Because uh, according on paper, you know, it showed that you could. But like I said, you know, my son was just ready to keep on going to the next level. Uh, but my daughter was just three and four. So, you know, she shouldn't be doing level B at, you know, age at age four years old. But I think if I had had a third child, which you know, I did not, but if I had, I could see um, uh, doing two levels and having that third one just kind of join, you know, wherever she wanted uh, yeah. <laughs> is an option. Um, but even if they're close in age, if their abilities are just far enough apart, um, I think basically for me, it would have been too much work for me to meet my two in the middle and come up with extra stuff for my older to do. Yes you know, to, to get things more at his level. That was just more work for me because sunlight has everything completely planned out. Yeah. And it was easier for me to do two history, Bible, literature packages that were completely planned out for me. And I didn't have to tweak anything. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. So Sunny, that might even be, that might even be a, a, a better answer. It might depend on the mom. I, <laughs> I think if you're a mom who's a little bit OCD, and you're, it's, it's hard for you to fathom it and to put it together and you, and you have the time you don't, you, maybe you have just to like Anne saying, and you don't feel like, oh my word, I'm going crazy. Um, you can feel like you're going crazy with two. I'm not saying that. And there are some people <laughs> and they seem like, well, but they're, they're all great. But if you, if as a mom, if you say, no, 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 no that really bothers me. Well, then by all means do two. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's, I've never felt that it was impossible to do two levels, mm -hmm. but that's my experience. Okay. So I have friends who use sunlight who wouldn't fathom doing more than one level mm -hmm. ever. Right. And for me, I could see myself. And at one point I did do about three levels at once. And I've seen people on the app talk about doing four. I, I mean, that's amazing, but Mm -hmm. I think two levels is definitely doable. Um, so I think the one of the reasons you might not want to combine is because of the mom. If it mm -hmm. really helps you with your life and with your organization, like Anne was saying, if it makes it easier for you, then do it, mm -hmm. right? I know yeah. there was a point in my homeschool journey where I literally thought I was gonna have to throw in the towel because grading math and staying on top of math along with doing everything else was, was really putting me under. 
So we made a transition to a computer-based math at one for a stretch of two or three years so that I could leave, let the kids who were in seventh grade and up, I, I didn't have to pay attention to that as much. I mean, I made sure they were doing math, but I, 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 for my own survival, I had to do it. So I think as a mom, you need to look at your school year and look at your life and say, okay, what does this year need? And each year will be slightly different. So if this is a year that, you know what, for my sanity's sake, we need to do two levels, go for it. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and yeah, keep in you mind can... that every year is different. Mm -hmm. uh, keep in mind, you know, the young, the lower levels of sunlight just don't take as long to do. That's right. Uh, and then, you know, it increases as you go, how much time it takes. The read alouds get longer and things like that. But then when they hit high school, they're independent. Yeah. And so as the years go by, things are going to fluctuate uh, where things, um, there was a doing two levels for me, there was a big, um, um, I, I can't think of the word, but a, a very time consuming period where, um, when they were both in upper elementary, lower middle school, you know, doing the read alouds got longer. So doing, yes. and guess what they wanted to do first, guess what the read alouds. Okay. They always want to do that first because it's our favorite part of the day. But by the time we got two of that level read aloud done, you know, so much time had passed and we still had so many things to do all those skill-based subjects, you know, that the, the aren't necessarily their favorite, you know, seeing down new math. Um, so we did make adjustments uh, and we would do one read aloud at bedtime and one during the day. Uh, so like, like Amber was saying, every year is going to look different. So definitely keep that in mind uh, that every year will be different. Uh, the lower levels do take less time. The kids get more independent as they grow older. So as you're, if you're trying to plan ahead, which is good to do somewhat, um, uh, just keep those things in mind. Yeah, I think that's important to remember that flexibility too, where like you may think, okay, I'm going to do, you know, I know when my daughter was like second grade, I was already plotting out, okay, well, middle school, she's going to do this and high school, she's going to do this. And then <laughs> as she got older, it was like, oh, she isn't interested in this. She's more interested in this, or this is a better level. Or even my son is at a different maturity and all of that than she was at his age. So yeah, so definitely maintaining that flexibility. Another thing I love that you guys said is do what's going to work best for the mom. I think, especially in those younger years, that's so important. Yes. The kids don't really know any different or know, you know, other than what you tell them. So do what's going to work best for you. In my case, my kids are five years apart. So I started homeschooling my daughter when she was an only child. And, you know, we started with preschool right at three years old and charged yep. ahead. And I was right on top of it. And then her brother got to that age and I was like, you know what, let's wait another year for him. Yep. You know, I'm still yep. really focused on you on, you know, cause she had to get some independence under her belt before I felt I could also handle, you know, the wiggly little three-year-old he was. And, you know, I feel like adding that second program once he was a little bit older made it smoother. And then my daughter was also way more independent as well. Um, yeah. And just remembering that flexibility too, of you don't have to read every single book if you don't want to, um, or if you have older siblings that can read a read aloud to a younger sibling, it's not going to Absolutely. hurt them to hear it from their sibling. I know that was hard for me to let go of at first of like, oh no, I need to read to both kids all the same things and do all the same things. And, yes. 
you know, my son doesn't care if his sister reads a read aloud to him. That's the same as if I do. So yeah, so that, that I think is important, but what are some other things you might do? You know, if you need to change it up year to year, or maybe you start something and then it's not working, you know, Sunlight does have a guarantee where you can use half a program and send it back if you need a different one or something. But um, yeah, what do you guys think? Or have you ever gone through that where maybe you started something and it wasn't working out, so you switched it up a little bit? Um, I've had the experience of switching up maybe a math curriculum between years. I don't, I don't, as a general rule, I don't recommend switching things up too much midstream unless it's like really horrendous. And then I would even seek advice first to make sure that you are thinking rationally about it, right? Like again, <laughs> if you're not, um, so, so just saying, sometimes our expectations are so high and we're really not realistic. We don't realize. And it just takes a set of outside eyes. Or I like to say, just get so myopic, right? I just get so oh, my child's handwriting isn't perfect. Well, hello, they're in second or third grade. Give them a break. <laughs> like their handwriting might be exceptional for a second or third grader, but you haven't ever seen another third grader write. You don't mm -hmm. know. So, so sometimes having maybe an outside voice, taking a look and making sure your expectations are reasonable. So as a general rule, again, I wouldn't suggest a major change midstream unless it's really, really called for but I have changed things up um, like a, a whole math curriculum switch between years because one was struggling and I needed to slow down. Um, the other thing, Sunny, is not being afraid of dropping a read aloud. So let's say you do have two separate levels going on. Well, if your younger one is sitting at lunchtime listening to your older ones read aloud, you don't have to say, okay, I must do the younger ones read aloud right now. Maybe in the summer, that child's read aloud is one that both your kids will enjoy. And you guys were talking about when, like Anne was saying, breaking things up. I, I always do read alouds at lunch, always. Captive <laughs> audience, and it takes care of a chunk of time, and we're still learning <laughs> while we're eating lunch. And, it's, and it, that has worked really well for my family, especially when I had five little people sitting around my table. They ate and listened to me read. It was, it was wonderful. So we could get that piece done. But um, not being afraid to drop a book or two, depending on what level we're talking about, because other things are happening. I think that's probably the biggest change that I would say happened for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did mention um, you know, how they do go towards independence as they get older, and the rate at which they become independent absolutely depends on the child. Um, my son had gone all the way a this is before the days of k he'd gone all the way a through h and then bam we're hitting 100 which is high school level and he's going to be an eighth grader j did not exist at this point uh and so i had uh, a choice to make um uh, well so not really choice, some thinking to do how is this going to work because he was not ready to be that independent yet uh so we took two years to do 100 for him yes uh, and, uh, and, and even within doing that, I had to tweak things, um, you know, cause how exactly do you, you know, do you do that? Because there's the history part and the literature part. So the nitty gritty details, um, uh, I would do one day of history and then we do one day of literature. 
And so, well, that'll take two years, but that was too disjointed. And so we ended up midstream just um, doing something different. We would read, um, uh, you know, we'd stick with the history until we're done with the particular book that went along with the spine. And then we jumped to the literature. And when we got done with that book, then we jump back to the history. Uh, so it's totally, totally okay to tweak things even as you're going midstream, just to figure out what'll work for you. And Amber mentioned community, uh, ask people, uh, you know, help them in this situation. You know, what should I do? That happened to me when my son was in the second grade and wasn't able to write down complete sentences what he was thinking because uh, he wasn't there yet. And I taught high school biology. You know, I didn't, Teach, ever teach a child to read. And of course, my guinea pig son, you know, was my firstborn. Uh, but I reached out to the Sunlight community and got some great advice about serving as his scribe and writing down what he was thinking. And sure enough, uh, as time passed, he was able to do that on his own, on his own time when he was ready. I would, I would say another thing. Um, I remember one of my children, we hit general science with apologia, which is the what sunlight recommends, I think in seventh grade. And I knew, I absolutely knew this child was going to die if we started with that first module of general science. Mm -hmm. And so, because I had done it with my first, <laughs> tortured her with this anyway. So for a couple of other kids, we waited till eighth grade to do the general science first off. And with one child in particular, we skipped the first module. Mm -hmm. So I'm not recommending that for everyone, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm giving that as an example that you get to call the shots, you know, your children, you know, and look, teachers in a traditional classroom, look at their curriculum, how much time they have to cover everything and they chop out. And I know because I taught in a traditional school, they get rid of certain weeks and spend more time on some chapters, cut off other chapters. So for this child, the first module of general science is very philosophical and it's a lot of names i know exactly yeah, the one and, you're talking and about stuff, and stuff that doesn't have to do specifically with science so mm -hmm. much as kind of the history of science and different anyway mm -hmm. we just skipped that whole module oh what a relief that was mm -hmm. such a relief so my first made it through it mm -hmm. she would never speak up and say i hate this i think it was she she made it she did fine on the test and we you know i thought oh we gotta we gotta get through this because that's what the book said but for my mm -hmm. second I wisened up a little bit. We just mm -hmm. skipped that module and had a much more pleasant experience. I think she hasn't told me, she hasn't told me not, but. <laughs> well, that's a good point too. Cause I think sometimes people look at the instructor's guide that way of, oh, I've got to muscle through yes. do this mm -hmm. thing. But I know in my own education, I don't ever remember learning any history past like the 1940s or fifties because we yes. would always run out of time at the end of the year, you know? And so- yes. I mean, that happens in schools all the time. And so, yes. yeah, you as the homeschool teacher get to decide, you know, what that child is ready for and what you guys are going to do. Let's talk a little bit about the worksheets and lap book kits and readers and those types of things, whether you choose to combine or not when you are combining, <clears throat> excuse me, is it beneficial for each child to have their own of everything or... Can you make do with one set of everything? Because of course, Sunlight packages everything for one student, but can you use that with more than one? Right, I think the, the items that you could combine or each have their, each child have their own uh, timeline books is one. 
Uh, and then there's the hands-on history kits. If you're doing the um, levels A, B, or C together, the lap books are with D, E, G, and H. And I think the best thing to do is read about what these products are and then think about your particular children to see if they would like um, their own or not. Because some would love to share. You know, as parents, you have to pick your battles. And if you, know, you just don't want to have to deal with any, you know, issues with sharing a certain thing, um, then just don't, don't pick that battle. Just, just get two. It's okay. Uh, it really a lot depends on just your individual children. I have a friend who has twins. And so they're the same age, uh, so they do the same HBL and same readers, but she actually buys another set of readers just so that if they do happen to want to read them at the same time, there's just no issue whatsoever. So it really depends a lot on the child. Uh, so yeah, find out about the products and how they work so that you can make that decision for yourself. Yeah, I would, I would say there are a couple of things to think about too. Okay. So I'm speaking as the mother of five, mm -hmm. um, the initial purchase of a level is the big investment. And then that initial purchase trickles down. Okay. So if I spent $600 on my oldest, I never spent that $600 again. So I could divide that number by five. That doesn't mean I would update an IG again, it's half price. But when it comes to things like this, like a hands-on history kit or a timeline, every one of my kids had their own. Because here's the deal. You buy that for the initial one and the rest of the kids don't get something that's just theirs, right? So I think um, if I spend $100 or $150 on subsequent children to do their whole, you know, to give them a new book or have their own timeline, again, that's a one-time purchase. Um, but to have them have something that's just their own, especially if you have a large family where we force our kids to share so much, share space and share <laughs> clothes and share, like you're sharing everything, sharing your parents. If, if there can be, because for some kids that really does minister to their soul, <laughs> like it means a lot. They feel seen and um, like, okay, I have something that's mine and that I can be proud of. So if that's the situation in your home, I would just kind of take a step back and say, wow, if you think about it, we're only spending this much. And yes, maybe the lap book is kind of expensive. And maybe you say, if I multiply that by three or two, that's a lot. But in the overall scheme of things, it's not a lot. Um, at least I'm thinking about what private schools cost around my area and even to go to public school right? You have to have certain clothes. You have to have more prepared foods you got to do. So you're going to spend money educating your children. Um, so for me, that was not, that that's an easy investment a little bit and not that it's not a sacrifice, but, but it's worth it for, for me, for our, for our situation. Yeah, I agree. My, my son being five years younger, all the programs pretty much are updated at least somewhat yes. by the yes. time he comes around. And so that is something we do is we update the program so that he still gets box day, you know, and it's not just yep. his sister with her huge boxes and then he's using torn up books, you know, or anything yes. like that. That's another thing uh, in the warehouse sale where, you know, books that are slightly damaged, a lot of times they're still in way better shape than maybe a book that was dropped several times or pages torn. And so I do like to replace some of his books there too, so that he has yeah. a new book that, you know, yeah. is being held together by duct tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so yeah, I think really the, the, what we've talked about, whether you combine or don't combine, it's really going to come down to the individual needs of your children at that time, you know, in your family. So I think it's great to plan ahead and kind of map out what you would like them to do, but then be flexible and be ready to, you know, maybe pivot or slow down if your kids are not quite ready for what you thought they were a few years ago. Ladies, do you have any other suggestions or tips on those types of things as well? I think the one thing we didn't say um, very clearly maybe is that the worksheets, the language arts worksheets, the uh, the science worksheets, those are so worth your while just to mm-hmm. buy from Sunlight. If you are trying to do science with two or three children, buy the extra set of worksheets or the extra pages for the experiments. Um, they're not very expensive at all. I think it's like $15 maybe, and it will save you a lot of time. It, I That would save me uh, for printer money, all of it. <laughs> like Just let them have their own their own separate worksheets for sure. All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. As always, if you are watching and you aren't quite sure what to do in your particular case, you know, you can reach out to our advisors or you can post those questions in our app or on our Sunlight Connections Facebook group, because then you have this huge resource of other Sunlight parents who can offer their suggestions, you know, and what worked in their home. Um, But as always, if you need kind of that customization for your home, you know, those of us at Sunlight would love to help you out and give you some ideas ideas and suggestions as well. Amber, Anne, thank you so much for being here today and sharing what you've done. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.